Be sure to catch live editions of Rogan and Rodney weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. And don't miss the FNA podcast with show producer Kevin Figures and Clippers host Adam Oslin on the iHeartRadio app. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Jonas Knoxon today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Jonas, I really appreciate you sitting in. It means an awful lot to all of us. We know you worked early this morning. But again, you know, when you're here, oftentimes things can can go a little sideways. Uh, you know, you might say you have a little edge to you. And uh, we got to bring everybody together now as one. Uh, listen, I, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal plan. I, I do find it funny that you're saying that I have the edge, but it's you with the new facial hair. It's yeah. you with, with the Suns t-shirt. Uh, yeah. It's you, you with the new nickname, the Human Cactus. But I'm yes. the one with the edge here. Just simply trying to do, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, above board sports talk radio here in a beautiful afternoon in Southern California on a Monday in June. Yeah, how is the weather there? Uh, here in Thousand Oaks, uh, a little bit. I mean, there's some clouds, Fred. Uh, I would like to do my weatherman uh, impersonation here, but because I don't have the screen behind me, I don't feel like it. You know, I can't do it justice here on the on the radio. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, uh, it's about 75 degrees, so it's uh, it's not bad, and uh, things seem to be picking up later on uh, in the week. That's what we are hearing. Let me tell you how hot it is right now. I'm going to look it up for you, just so you understand what I'm. I'm. Oh, jeez, it's cool. It's 104. Yeah, it's, I mean, what is the B.O.? Because now people are walking around without masks, so I got to know. Yeah. How bad's the B.O.? Because I feel like people in this country have been getting away with a little bit less deodorant and maybe not sure. brushing their teeth because of the mask stuff yeah. for a long yeah. time now. How yeah. bad is the B.O.? Who around you smells? Just Nobody, spill the beans, Fred. Fair question. Nobody really smells. Uh, and when you're walking around in the heat, you're kind of in a coma anyway. <laughs> So you've lost all of your senses? <laughs> right, right. I mean, growing up here, I know how hot it is. It was 115 yesterday. It, it's a little toasty here. And even if you're not walking directly in the sun, it's like the heat is coming off the asphalt on the street. Oh, yeah. And it is just right on you. It's hot. Well, here's a, there is something, though, to uh, the dryness to it. A lot of people make that joke. Well, it's a dry heat. Man, if you've ever lived in the South or if you've ever dealt with the you know humidity in some places, humidity is an awful thing to be a part of because right after you get out of the shower, you've got to immediately shower again because of the humidity. So yeah. at least you don't have to deal with that, and that's a good thing. Let me, let me tell you how far Phoenix has grown over the years. So I actually moved here when I was 10 years old. And I went to high school here, I went to junior college here, and I worked in Arizona for years. When I came here, there weren't many sewers. There were irrigation ditches. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. That was full of irrigation ditches. So it's it's grown a great deal in the 40 years or so, more. Uh, now there are sewers, and it's a cosmopolitan city. But back in the day, there weren't a lot of air conditioners. You know what they had? What's that? S- swamp coolers. Oh, I remember swamp coolers. Yeah. 
Yeah, first of all, okay, swamp coolers are the above-ground pool equivalent to air conditioners. All right, Fair. So, so if you grew up and your family didn't have a lot of money, but you got your hands on a used swamp cooler, let me tell you something, man. What a what a one! It was like you're on the Everglades, just standing behind those fans, except you didn't have to worry about getting eaten by an alligator. Just a wonderful world to live in was the swamp cooler back in the day. I remember that. Yeah, but the problem was they had water in them. Yes. So what would happen is you'd stand behind them and cool off and be drenched. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And then also, there would probably be, if there was a little bit of a leak, you would have floor damage inside the house. Sure. There would be wall damage. There would be, a, you know, but at, at, at a certain point, you just want to stay cool. And so if you can get your hands on a swamp cooler, it's, it's the way of the world. Absolutely. I'm into it. All right. Now joining us in the swamp to bring us all together and unite us as one. We welcome on Vic the Brick with a Monday edition of the Daily Haiku at 2. And Vic, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. You're you're still on the phone. My Comrex is on the way back. But in t- today's action with you and Jonas, I am doing the hotline. Very nice. Very happy you're in your your native Arizona, Fred. Yes. Have you got have you gotten a lot of love on the streets? I've not. I think the majority of people that I grew up here with are dead, so people don't really know me anymore. Especially with the goatee. That's another story. I went to my high school reunion many years ago. It was the worst thing ever. I hated it. It was my 10-year high school reunion. Only one I went to, by the way. I go, and there's a table in the front. When you first walk in, and they have pictures of all of these people, and I'm thinking... This is so nice. You know, these people have really made it. These people have succeeded. Why else would they have these pictures? It was the first thing you saw. There were like 10 people. I'd been out of high school 10 years. I said, oh, what is this? They said, oh, these people are dead. I went, this is how you start the reunion? This is how, this is the first thing you see at the reunion. Pictures of people. And I thought, oh my God. I go in, I'm talking to a guy. He comes up to me. He had no teeth. This is 10 years after high school. He had no teeth. I said, oh, what do you do? What are you doing? He goes, I'm a welder. I said, did you weld your teeth out of your head? What happened? He goes, I just lost my teeth. So, no, Vic, I've not really been recognized here very much. I'm looking forward to your reports tonight on KNBC. Thank the, you. The man in the street, sort of a, a flashback for you, Fred, that it's some of your finest work is when you would go into a hostile city during a playoff scenario and uh, come up with, you know, creative, fun stuff. Well, we're going to give it a shot, Vic. Jonas Knox. He's in for Rodney Pete. Jay Knox, welcome. What are they, What? What was that? Listen, Vic and I are talking Spanish here. All right, Fred. You know, like you, you, you wouldn't know, man. You, you, you don't get it. We're on a different. We're on a different wavelength. What? Uh, what did you say? Spanish. Spanish. You know, what did you say? Roll. 
it's a uh, you know it's like a way, way to, like my my in-laws call me wedo it's it's i'm the it's like when you welcome you know a a, a white person into a, the mexican culture you call him wedo and so that's uh you know my wife is mexican so i get called wedo all the time so i wanted to welcome vic in by using what i hear quite often with my uh, my in-laws here you wanted to welcome vic into your wife's culture yes i am honored and humbled thank you muchas gracias con mucho gusto that too. He's the executive producer. The Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your hands together. Show the love. It's Kevin Figgis. Uh, buenos tardes, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bueno. Well done, K Figgis. Cha. And you know him, you love him. He's on the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours. Every musical sound, every break, every stinger, every audio delight comes from the mind and the hands of this man. Please show the love for Ronnie Facio. Gracias y bienvenidos, mi amigo, Victor. <laughs> Victor! <laughs> Victor! <laughs> Before we get to the haiku thing, yes, very excited about Otani-san, just named American League Player of the Week today for the third time in his historic career. Obviously, doesn't get the publicity. I mean, he's going to make the All-Star team. He's going to, you know, he's going to do the Home Run Derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kicked out of the Home Run Derby. But not not Shohei. He was he was the first one to go on. But what a week he had! Six homers against uh, the Tigers. It seemed like more. Got the win. Pitched beautiful for six innings. I mean, no one's doing stuff like this since uh, El Jefe, the boss, Bambino, Babe Ruth. So what we're witnessing is is incredible history. So congratulations. To Ichiban, number one. Because he's in such a groove, squaring it up to Joe Madden, Otani-san, Gambate. His coming out party is going to be the home run derby, Vic. Oh, my God. And let me let me ask you guys this, because there's a lot of talk about if you could watch one player in baseball, wouldn't it be Fernando Tatis? Man, I'll take Otani any day of the week. I, I think he's unbelievable. And just to see what he's done coming off that injury in the, the year that he's had, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's carried his team to 500 without Trouty. I mean, we don't know when Trouty's coming back. And yet, he's got the Angels competitive. Even with their lousy pitching. By the way, what's more likely to come back? Mike Trout or Troutdale in Malibu? You remember that place? What a dump that was. Mike Trout. Okay, very good. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Yeah. Troutdale, you know, back in the day, if you were young, it was an interesting outing. Yeah, that place sucked. Okay, well, I mean, look. At least it was an opportunity for you to try to catch a trout. Yeah. A man-made lake in Malibu. Well, it's like a swimming pool. Yeah, well, of course it was. Especially for the uh, the homeless that crawled down from the mountains. Took away their place to live. 
I also want to welcome everyone to Vic's Book Club. We just came up with that just now. Richard just, Brown again. Wait a minute. You, what do you mean you just came up with this just now? You just made it up yeah, this Vic's second? Book Club. Trout Fishing in America by Richard Brown again. Oh, no! Recommended reading. Have you ever read it? Trout Fishing in America. Have you ever read it, Vic? Yeah, yes, I have. Continues to resonate with me. All right. What well, and what was the uh, the portion that resonates with you on trout fishing in America by Richard Brannigan? Brannigan. Brannigan. Yeah. I'm not sure. It was a blur when I read it, but I knew it was excellent writing. What, when did you read it? Was it? A, bl- a freshman year in college. It was one of my required readings. I had uh, trout fishing in America. I had uh, the trilogy by Tolkien. I had a very enlightened teacher, Professor Paul Blackburn, a poet from the Black Mountain School, used to hang with Ginsburg and Gary Snyder, all, the, all that group. But he was a professor at Cortland State, and he gave us an incredible reading, reading list. And one of them was uh, Watermelon, well, Watermelon Sugar, Trout Fishing in America, a couple books by Browdigan, Tolkien's Trilogy, of course, some Kerouac was thrown in there. Yeah. So Vic's Book Club, pick up a, pick up a copy of Richard Brannigan's Trout Fishing in America. And was it just the best places to catch trout? No, nothing to do with uh, actually with trout fishing. <laughs> of course not. It was all a, all a metaphor. Well, then what did it have to do with Vic? So, so I found the overview, Fred. Uh, right. It says, Trout Fishing in America is an abstract book without a clear central storyline. Instead, the book contains a series of anecdotes broken into chapters with the same characters often reappearing from story to story. Yeah, I mean, come on. Who didn't know that? Obviously, right? That's good research, K-Fig. What does that have to do with Mike Trout or Troutdale? Because Bradigan wrote the, another great novel, Trout Fishing in America. This was a, one of his other novels. I thought that was the novel we were just talking about. Oh, yeah. The other novel I he see wrote, Trout here. Fishing in America. Uh, hey, hey, listen, uh, you know, Vic's Book Club uh, can do whatever the hell it wants. True. Right? I don't, I don't think we need to, yeah, it's Vic's Book Club. Come on now. One I might not be reading is his other work of uh, art called A Confederate General from Big Sur. Yeah, that was I think oh, I excellent might... book. I read that, too. It's a yeah. great book. You're going to skip that one, I might pass on that one, y'all. Just, yeah. That's just that's me. A, actually, this is a very good book. Very cool, very hip, actually. A crazy title, but a great book. By the way, I love how Fred... Brown again, genius. It's a genius. He wrote in the 70s. Sorry, Vic, I didn't mean to interrupt uh, Vic's Book Club. I apologize. Yeah, Vic's Book Club. Yeah. I just, I wanted to point out, I just love how Fred talked about his high school reunion and there was a classmate of his that he saw years later that had no teeth. Yeah. And, and nobody right. wanted to point out to Fred that, well, it's probably because he was a meth addict. I mean, I just, you know, I wanted to, you know, just point that out. <laughs> That's been sitting, it's been sitting with me for like 10 minutes, all right? So I just had to, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> we want to give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But Vic, is it a book club where we all read the book together? <laughs> yeah, we discuss it. <laughs> we just did. Yeah. We did. We just discussed trout fishing in America. Yeah, but no one else read the book first, Vic. Well, it's on the list. Ever, ever get a chance? You go to your local bookstore. Those bookstores are amazing. They've withstood the pandemic and support your local bookstore because they the unbelievable. Uh, place of refuge used to hang out in bookstores Vic oh all the time 
all the time. Love bookstores. We know summer's here. Yes. We celebrate. We celebrate summer. We love summer. Yes. So this haiku for you on this Monday, June 21st, has a summer theme. And it's it's by Meisetsu. M-E-I-S-E-T-S-U. Okay. It's Meisetsu for today's yeah. summer haiku. <laughs> Not Ben Goldman or uh, Bill Goodrich or the woman from last week. No, this is Meisetsu. Okay. And he would rank where with the haiku masters? He'd be, you know, middle of the pack? I say mid-level. Okay. Triple right. A. Sure. Oklahoma City. Right. Might play the Albuquerque the Zephyrs. Oh, I'm sorry, uh-huh. Dick. Uh, never mind. Go ahead. Start again. My bad. It's okay. All right. Across the stream, I hear a nightingale who sings to say summer is drawing near. Yo, nightingale, summer's here. I'm feeling you. Lisetsu. So, he actually witnessed the nightingale singing, Summer is Here. Drawing near. Oh, drawing near. He, so he witnessed that. Uh, what, were the yes, other, the, what were the other lyrics in that song that the nightingale sang? Well, across the stream, I hear a nightingale who sings to say, Summer is drawing near. No, what, that no was, nightingale. Summer's here. Oh, cool. okay. No, we, no, we got that, Vic. I'm just wondering if the Nightingale actually sang the <laughs> lyrics. What were the other lyrics of the song? I understand that the mm-hmm. Nightingale sang that, but were there other words, or other lyrics? You know, "Summer is here," "Have a beer." You know, what else was in the song that the Nightingale sang? The Nightingale was very limited in his song content. Or her song content. But the Nightingale was singing to say that summer is drawing near. He was very happy. Well, she was very happy as Nightingale. But Misetsu said, Yo, Nightingale, summer's here. I'm feeling you. No, I'll pick. Less is more, Fred. I mean, look, Vic, I'm with you here. I don't know why Fred's trying to, uh, you know, at at the same time dismiss the debut of Vic's book club and also try and rip apart your your haiku here. And, Fred, uh, Vic, this is why I told Fred earlier. It's it's why I call him the human cactus. All right. Like, it's, you know, he's he he is a plant. All right. You see him in bathrooms. uh, You see him on decorations. You see him uh, on lawns in backyards. What do you mean? I'm hanging out in bathrooms. Well, you know, like people have those like plastic. uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, cactus in bathrooms. You know, like you go to a certain place. Listen, it's, Fred, like I don't make the rules here. You're the human cactus, not me. But the point is, all right, you've had to now deal with the human cactus's wrath. And so on behalf of the show, Vic, I would like to apologize. Well, thanks, Joan. It's not, ne- not necessary. I mean, THC is roaming the streets of Phoenix in 104-degree heat. So you know, I, I understand, you know, judgment may be altered. <laughs> THC is roaming the streets, the human cactus. Exactly right. Okay, well, Vic, that was a really good haiku today. Thank you, Fred. I'm, I'm proud of you that you're in Arizona, you know, with with the the, the big story because that's that's a gigantic story, and I'm expecting the Clippers to come back tomorrow and beat the Suns because they're going to make adjustments. You know, T. Lou, man, that's all he does is make adjustments. 
I think Clippers are going to get a split in Phoenix, man. Well, no, that would be great. I think it's more a question of are the Clippers going to have the healthy bodies? Is Marcus Morris going to be okay? If he can't play, mm, I think they're going to be in yeah, trouble. I know. If you can't get Marcus Morris, you can always get William Morris from the uh, from the agency. Yeah, it is. Yes, that's a, I, I love it, Vic. You know, at least you're throwing out options. Fred just being negative the whole show. Yes, many Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Vic, I'm not sure William Morris is still alive. <laughs> that's going to hurt well, him on a spot still, of three. The company's still thriving. Yeah, but you'd have to get somebody from the company, not he himself. I mean, we'll get, we can get uh, you know one of the high executives. All right, yeah, I know they go. To, He's got some game. Yeah, I'm sure they go to the whole hard, Vic. An agent for William Morris playing in the NBA. Hey, why wouldn't that be wild? Hey, why can't Mark Keith just step in and then not say anything? Who would oh. know the difference? Yeah, exactly. Come on, yeah. like what we're talking about here. Well, see, and Ty Lu knows how to make adjustments. Maybe that's one he's making. Damn right. I'm into it. All right. Uh, it's Slip brought to you by Jacob Emrani. You've got a problem. He's got a solution. He's the best attorney in the business. He's our attorney. And if anything happens to you, you need to call him. 844-24-JACOB. Accident or injury. Call Jacob Emrani. Call Jacob. Well, we talked about this last week. Oscar De La Hoya getting back into the ring for an exhibition match against former MMA champion Victor Belfort. That's taking place in September. Now, in another recent interview with The Zone, apparently Oscar says he wants to gear up for a flight with Floyd Mayweather yet again. He says, I want to get two of these fights under my belt, get my timing right, and then for my third fight, I want to call out Floyd Mayweather. He says, I think Floyd, after having that exhibition with Logan Paul, he has a feeling like he has something to prove once again inside the ring. So, are we looking forward to Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather yet again? I guess this would be what, sixteen years later, however long I mean, ago it was. Like, I, what the hell happened to Oscar De La Hoya? Like, man, you know that it just goes to show you when pictures come out and you're wearing women's clothing. What? What? It, no, it never, what? Listen, listen. He was in lingerie, Fred. I, people can try and say it was photoshopped all they want. I, that the heat, that lingerie, and that picture was the real deal. Uh, I don't know what the hell has happened to him. I don't know if he's gone broke. He had a ton of money. Golden Boy Promotions was was soaring at one point or another. He's feuding with Canelo Alvarez now. Like what the? He was the pride of Southern California. He was the Golden Boy, and now he's showing up to these Triller fights, and he's bombed while he's on the broadcast. He was hammered. He is not a cross dresser. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Listen. I mean, how do you know? Where's your proof? Well, I'm just saying. Okay. I know Oscar. No, he's not wearing wearing women's clothes. See, you you think that photo was doctored? You don't think he was in women's lingerie, Oscar De La Hoya? No, Jonas. I don't Fred, think anybody on, believes man. he's walking around in women's lingerie. I'm not saying all the time, but he did dabble in it on one one occasion. Was it a Saturday night? I, I don't listen. Who knows? Saturday night, Sunday night. If you want to put on some lingerie, that's fine. But after the fact, don't deny it and say it was photoshopped. I mean, come on now. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that would be a good idea for him to fight him, Kevin. I don't. I, I, it's just, it's getting to a point of absurdity now. And uh, that would be a real fight. It wouldn't be one of these uh, Jake Paul fights. They'd actually fight. Somebody could get hurt. Listen, no one's a bigger Oscar fan than my, myself. He is the, the Prince of East L.A. He's 48 years old. He has built an empire. And if he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather, he feels he's in good enough shape. Let's do it. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see that fight again. 
Yeah, the last obviously time. first time around Floyd dominated, but I would I would love to see Oscar Floyd too. The last time we saw Oscar De La Hoya in a fight, it was against Manny Pacquiao, and he was annihilated. Absolutely annihilated. So, uh, and by the way, Vic, could you just break the tie here? Was Oscar De La Hoya wearing lingerie? Was he wearing women's no. clothing at one point? All right. No. So apparently, I, right. No, I, I, I don't buy that. I mean, the photos are out there. I'm, Jonas is not making this up. I mean. Oh, I know. So. Kevin, what do you think? I mean, unless my eyes are deceiving me. It looked like Oscar De La Hoya wearing fishnet stockings. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I don't know. Hide my lion eyes? I don't know. Was, could I mean, it have been photoshopped, know. I guess? But yeah. it looked like Oscar De La Hoya in, in fishnets. That's well, if that's the case, he, he was trying to make a fashion statement, and oh, it probably okay. didn't sure. translate as well yeah. in the picture. Yeah, very good. Hey, yeah. Whatever works for you, whatever's yeah. more comfortable, it's all good. It yeah. works for you. I mean, that, that explains the end of the crying game. So, <laughs> now we got our answer. Hey, yikes. You're killing me. So a big story. Uh, the college football playoff committee uh, having multiple discussions about expanding the playoff to 12 teams uh, in the coming years. And uh, they, many conference commissioners have signed off on this. They think it's a great idea. The one conference that doesn't think it's the best idea, at least as currently structured being talked about, is the Pac-12. And that is because there will not be any automatic qualifiers for conference champions. Basically, the top 12 teams, regardless of how they're ranked or based on how they are ranked, regardless of how they finish in their conference, are going to make it. And the outgoing Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, said, hold on, why not just allow automatic bids for the Power 5 conferences? You know, I think it goes without saying that the Pac-12 has been the weakest of the Power Five, to say the least, over the last couple of years. So I guess the question is, should there be automatic qualifiers for Power Five conference champions, or should it just be the top 12 teams that are ranked in the CFP playoff poll should make it, Jonas? Uh, if I'm the Pac-12, I probably don't want any part of the uh, – let's, let's be included in the conference championship winners because they would clearly be, uh, if not four, definitely five when it comes to conference uh, – qu- quality conference champions in, in college football. But I can understand their gripe. If you're trying to gather as much interest all the way around as possible, you want everybody to be included and represented here. But college football is clearly saying – and there's a reason – the SEC is all on board with this. No, no, no. Just give us the 12 best teams. If you go through college football the past several years, you've had four or five SEC teams finish in the top 12. So if you're the SEC, you're sitting pretty. It's the Pac-12 that's going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I I don't like it. I think you should have automatic qualifiers. You should have teams from the Power 5 conferences. I, I believe that. And some aren't going to be as strong as others. But otherwise, you're omitting. You're omitting parts of the country. And I don't think that's a very good idea. It's no fun to watch eight teams from the SEC be in the playoff. That doesn't do a thing for us in Los Angeles. You should have the automatic qualifiers. The Pac-12 is getting beaten up for decades now. Give them some love. Put them in the mix. See what happens. People are sick and tired of the SEC anyway. And their soft schedule that they play that it's so disgusting how they rack up their wins and they rack up their records. To me, it's it's sleazy. I'm calling it the SEC. It's a sleazy conference. That's what you're saying. I'm calling it the SEC is a sleazy conference. Yes, it is. 
I thought you were going to give it a, a nickname of some sort. The SEC. Conference of Sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the Portland Trail Blazers in search of a new head coach, and they've narrowed it down to two candidates, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. They're looking at Chauncey Billups, of course, one of the Clippers' lead assistant coaches, and Becky Hammond, one of the top lead assistants, the lead assistant Ugh. for Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. Becky has also interviewed with the Orlando Magic. Looks like uh, as these years and years go by, we're getting closer and closer to Becky Hammond possibly getting herself a head coaching job. I guess the question would be, if Fred, if you were her, would you take a close look at the Portland job, and would you actually seriously consider taking that, or would you wait for a better one to open up? And that's the that's the whole point of this, Kevin. She's got to get the right job. To take a job would not be a good idea. It's got to be the right job. Look at the pieces you have in Portland. They're going to make the playoffs, right? They might they might you know struggle a little bit, but more often than not, they're going to make the playoffs. So I don't think that's a bad job for her. Because, yeah, you're expected to win a title, but if you just play well, make the playoffs, and improve every year, you're doing fine there. I, to me, that's a job that might be a good one, Jonas. I, I would just wait for the Spurs opening. Because it, it feels like that she's going to be the next to carry the torch. You know, they're going to pass the torch to her when Gray Popovich decides to finally walk away. Because she's got, she's got built-in equity there. She's been there a long time. She knows the organization. They're going to be more loyal to her than they would be somewhere else. If you go to Portland and they have a bad season or, you know, there's an injury, they're going to want to make a change quick because they're not going to want to spoil any of Dame Lillard's career in his prime if they don't feel like they got the right coach. Coach, if I were her, I would just wait around. I would take the Spurs gig, and then I would just move forward with there. If she's in prime position, she's she would be a wonderful hire for Portland. But again, does this fit Becky's needs? I believe it would. I mean, she needs a head coaching gig. Yes, yeah, she could sit on the bench and wait for Pops to retire. But for her to lead the Portland Trailblazers, I think would be fantastic for the league and fantastic for sports. You go, girl. Popovich is 72. How much longer does he get a coach? As long as he can, as long as he can pour the wine. That is a good point. Yeah, very good. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, Eric Burton. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what's lining up the headlines. Kevin's been great. Well, nothing's confirmed, but you got to believe Ben Simmons is out of out of Philadelphia. Laker fans, would that be uh, an interesting fit for you? Let's get into that. San Diego, move on. We've come for the NL West. Lay low. In fact, lay down. You can either lay down now or wait till September when you inevitably will do it anyway. Good luck getting through, pal. Although you have been doing a pretty good job of laying down lately. Zing! Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck kicks off at 6 p.m. on the home of your world champion Dodgers. AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. All right, Fred Rogan and Jonas Knox in today for Rodney on AM 570 LA Sports. Uh... I just saw Jacob DeGrom was the first Major League pitcher to be checked today. He's pitching right now against Atlanta. He passed the test. He's clean. I mean, 
listen, uh, not everybody's going to be uh, going to be caught with this stuff. I also wonder when are we going to get uh, you know some uh, some funny business like maybe uh, you know a guy gets stuff planted in his glove or planted on his uh, on his uniform when he goes out there and then he gets uh, it gets confiscated. He gets popped for ten games. Like, that's what I want to see. I want a world where we have more cheating, all right? And I want to see people get exposed for it. And I want to see these guys, if, in fact, they are using the uh, sticky stuff, I want to see elaborate ways to try and cover it up. I think that's the mo- the most enjoyable part of this whole process. And the good news is you'll probably get your chance. Yes. Yeah, yes. That will happen, but the Grom today was clean. Uh, all right, Ben Simmons had a terrible, terrible series as the 76ers were eliminated, Doc Rivers bounced once again. Immediately after the game, they said the guy's afraid to shoot. He won't shoot. Uh, will he be in Philadelphia next year? He's got to get to the gym and work. Shaq said he would have punched him out or something. <laughs> he wouldn't even tolerate it. I mean, it was weak. Simmons admitted he was bad. But if they do move him, would that be the kind of guy you think Laker fans would welcome here? Would he be a good fit with the Lakers? Um defensively it would be i mean look he can play defense there's no doubt about it he can facilitate for sure i i don't think it makes all the sense in the world the lakers feel like they're at their best when lebron's handling the basketball right and i, and I just don't know that you go out and make a move and have to pay a guy that type of money who as of right now he's a liability on offense and he's strictly a defensive player a, a guy who can plays defense and a guy who can handle the basketball a little bit uh it's just you look at him and you go, there were so many comps to Magic Johnson, just seeing that he's a point guard at that size or a penny hard away from back in the day. And Fred, he just, to Charles Barkley's point, he hasn't gotten better. Like, there's been no progression. There's been no, well, you know, he's starting to improve a, a little bit. Like, it, it's felt like Lonzo Ball... It feels like he's gotten a little bit better. That's right? fair. It, it, it's it's not it's not like you know he's all of a sudden Steph Curry, but it does feel like he, he's put in the time, he's worked at it, and he's gotten better. Ben Simmons hasn't, and I just wonder what what are they doing pregame? What is he doing in the off season? Why is this still an issue? Yeah, he it, it does not look like he's improved. What is he? Twenty four years old. He's yeah. still young. Yes, but but long enough in the league to where you would have seen something by now if it was going to click, and it just hasn't thus far. And also, it's not a good match playing with Embiid, because Embiid clocks the middle, yeah. and Simmons has got to get to the basket. Yeah, and he can't get to the basket when there's somebody that big in there. So uh, if you're the Seventy Sixers and you can't teach him to shoot or have the confidence to shoot, I mean, he's really good shooting against other guys in the off season. But in the NBA, not so much. Uh, you have to move him. You and, have and, to send him somewhere. And look, Shaq was making the point. He said, and everybody remembers this watching uh, Shaq and the Lakers back in the day when hack a Shaq was a thing. Shaq made the point. He said, look, I knew when I went to the foul line, all right, I was either going to miss one, miss both. Or I think, I think what, what Shaq said last night, which I thought was pretty funny, he said, look, when you go to the foul line, just look at it. One of three things are going to happen. You're either going to miss one, miss both, or you're going to airball. That's it. He's like, don't don't be intimidated or afraid of the moment. And for all the knocks on Shaq back in the day for not being able to shoot free throws and for being a liability at the foul line, I never one time watching all those Laker playoff runs, I never one time sh- saw that Shaq was intimidated by going to the foul line. He just saw it as, that, listen, I'm not great at this, but here's what I do know. If you give me the basketball down low, I'm going to be able to score on anybody that you put in front of me. So you're just going to have to take the bat 
had with a lot of the good that I bring to the table. And Ben Simmons was the opposite. He like Instead of focusing on, I'm going to be aggressive, I understand I'm going to miss free throws, but let me do something else and let me still try and get to the basket and score, he was terrified. He didn't want the basketball. Like the moment, it, it, For whatever reason... Either they haven't worked with him or he hasn't put in the time, but he seems terrified to go to the foul line, similar to Giannis, but for different reasons because they're counting Giannis down and he's you know violating the free the time in between free throws. Ben Simmons just like it looks like he wants no part of the basketball late in games. They have to move him. I I mean I would think so. Um, how many times can you roll this same roster out only to come up short? I mean, they were the number one seed out east, and this was a, a a playoffs in the NBA that's going to be the story of this NBA playoffs is going to be injuries and fatigue, and it's whoever's the healthiest is going to be the last man standing. And if if I'm Philadelphia, I'm looking around and I'm seeing Brooklyn get eliminated, I'm seeing the Lakers get eliminated. There's not a lot of teams. Other than that, that you would have said were better teams this past season than the Philadelphia 76ers, this was a golden opportunity for them and other teams in the postseason to try and win a title because of all the injuries, and they couldn't even get past the second round. Uh, That's a fair point. This might be their best chance to win for the next so many years. Toronto. You think Toronto's going to win another title anytime soon? No. Not a chance. Not a chance, but... They got that one, and injuries were a part of that conversation, but because you get that one, it buys you a grace period for a long, long time, especially in places that haven't had a title in quite some time. All right, when we come back, Jonas, we are going to have the sad sack. All right. We have no choice. We have to do it. Nothing worse than a sad sack. I mean, that is just sad. (laughs) Sad sack of the day. Got to do it. Got to do it. Sad sack of the day is Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Zach Elfin. Young right-hander roughed up for seven runs in just six innings in yesterday's loss to San Francisco. That loss drops the Phillies to 34 and 35 on the season. Again, a sad sack. Nice job. Well done. Zach Eflin of the Philadelphia Phillies. We'd like to acknowledge that, Jonas. Give people credit where credit is due. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of a rough uh, 24 hours for uh, the city of Philadelphia, no? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, Zach got roughed up and the Sixers eliminated. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, and the uh, the Eagles are uh, are a disaster. Uh, so it's not not a good place to be, the city of Philadelphia, which thankfully, that's why you're not there, Fred. You're in Phoenix. You don't that's have to right. deal with that problem. That's right. I'm going to finish up here and hit the streets and talk to the people and have that on our News at 5 today. Listen, uh, Fred, I always appreciate you letting me hang out with you here on AM570 LA Sports. You, uh, Kevin Figures, uh, you know, being able to be a part of the broadcast with the great Ronnie Fascio. Uh, I've listened to you guys for a long time, so thank you for letting me hang out with you. Oh, my God. We love you. Thank you for doing it. It's our pleasure and our honor. Uh, Ronnie and Kevin, great job back in our studios in Burbank. And Jonas, we'll get up again tomorrow. Damn right we will. Trying to floss on them, blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin Making money over cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in LA On bail, my people say Live and die